what is a Holy Ghost church? To some people, a Holy Ghost church is uh, every time you get together, you run around the room, uh, roll on the floor. Uh, if you had chandeliers, you swing from them. And uh, that's one part of being a Holy Ghost church. Well, that happens around here, but that's uh, as the Spirit of God wills, and all we do is respond. Uh, what is a Holy Ghost church? Well, some people think a Holy Ghost church is a church where there's uh, uh, five hours of praise and worship and five minutes of the Word, and wasn't that church? Hallelujah. And they like that. And some people, a Holy Ghost church means, you know, that, um, um, that uh, I don't know, just... Just, uh, oh, every Sunday morning, someone, you know, there's tongues and interpretation of tongues, and everybody prophesies, and everybody runs around the room laying hands on one another and prophesying to them, telling them what their life is going to be like. And usually that's just a bunch of flesh. But anyway, that's another point. I mean, so everybody has an idea what a Holy Ghost church is. But really, what did we discover? Number one, a Holy Ghost church is a word church. What is a Holy Ghost church? Well, if it's not a word church, the Holy Ghost has nothing to confirm. Mark 16, 20, and they went forth everywhere and preached the, their opinion. All about politics. The current social thing that's going on. Preach the word. God does not confirm your opinion, your thoughts, your hopes, your ideas. He confirms only his word. If there's not a lot of confirmation going, around, going on, that means there's not a lot of word being preached. Because that's the only thing he confirms. I figured it out after doing this 30 uh, years here and 34 so many years in the ministry that God doesn't confirm my opinion. And I tell you the truth, and I mean it, I have a lot of them. You just don't know them. And mine are right. <laughs> but I don't share them with you. Because you don't need to know them. Because they won't help you. Because they're just my opinions. And, you know, i got some opinions of some things in the Word. But if I can't prove it by doctrine, then I don't need to share those with you either. Just a bunch of supposition. God only confirms His Word. Aren't you glad He does? The Word that you believe that comes out of your mouth, He'll confirm it. He's not a man that He should lie. He's not a man that He should lie. The Son of Man. He's not one of us. He's God. And if he said it, he'll do it. And he'll confirm it. So, so many different things, and I could get back into it. You know I love talking about this stuff, and I can end up reviewing all day. But uh, we're talking about, so what makes up a Holy Ghost church? Well, I said to you, and we started this two or three weeks ago, and it's been a, a weird stretch because we've not been here every Sunday because we've been in Chile and doing this and that or whatever is going on. But a Holy Ghost church, to me then, would be where the majority of people are filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And so if you're new to the church and you think, wow, he's going to talk about tongues on Sunday morning, welcome to Cornerstone Word of Life Church. Um, we don't put the Holy Ghost in the back room. It's not something we talk about in secret. Um, and I know that a lot of people, uh, churches may not do that because, you know, if you're new today, um, I can give you scripture of why you as a believer ought to speak with other tongues. And so I'm not, con I'm, it's, it's simply, well, that's controversial. It's not. Not to God. Yeah, to people. I don't really care much about people. Oh, no, I love all you. <laughs> what I meant to say was I'm not as concerned about pleasing people. You know, and I've told you this over and over again. I know a lot of times in church today, we're trying to please one another. And, and they're all, everybody's concerned about how you feel. 
and is this going to hit you just right? But I found out that if I'm more concerned about what pleases God, it'll please the people. Because we're not of those who have itching ears. Right? There's no ear itchers out there, are there? What does that mean? I want to hear what I want to hear. And I'm going to find me a preacher that tells me what I want to hear. Well, you found the wrong one. Because we're going to tell you what God's telling you. What his word says, because that's what will help you. And so a, a Holy Ghost church is where the majority of the people uh, speak with other tongues. Now, how many of you believe Jesus is right? That's not a trick question. Is Jesus always right? Who's the head of this church? It's not Pastor Mark. It's not Pastor Rhonda. We're the under shepherds. But Jesus is the chief shepherd, and he's always right. And in Mark chapter 16, which should be included in your Bible, and it is, it says that Jesus said that believers will speak with new tongues. Now listen, being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence to speak in other tongues is not salvation. It is not, you don't have to be, you don't, it, there, it has nothing to do with you going to heaven. Romans 10, 9, and uh, 10 has to do with you going to heaven. You believe in your heart, you confess your mouth, the Lord Jesus, that he was raised from the dead, you will be born again. Are you glad you're born again? Now listen, being baptized with the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues does not make you a superior Christian. I know a lot of people who are filled with the Holy Ghost that they need a whole lot in some other areas. It does not make you superior in any way. We're not superior. We're not a superior part of the body of Christ. That, that is a wrong, no. Um, number three, it doesn't make you uh, mature. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues has nothing to do with your maturity. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And anyone who's born again can walk in the fruit. Love. Now listen, this is honestly the truth. If I had to choose between the fruit and the gifts, I think I'd rather be fruity. In a good way. Because that shows maturity. That's maturity. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, temperance. All those, we need to have those. But if the Lord said, I need this, I need you to have this, then he is smarter than you and I are. And remember he told the early church, don't you leave Jerusalem without this. So what is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Well, Mark, Matthew 3.11, said, uh, John the Baptist was saying about Jesus, yeah, there he is. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. He said, I'm not worthy to undo his sandals. John the Baptist said, I'm going to baptize you with water to repentance to get you ready. But there's somebody coming after me. And there he is. He's going to baptize you. What is the word baptize? It's baptismo. What does it mean? Full immersion. We're going to do some full immersion in water around here. The dates are coming. But Jesus wants to baptize. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and what? So you should not live with, as a born-again believer, you ought not live without the fire of God. And the hour we live in, you need to be on fire for God. And this is part of it. And what else does it do? Jesus said it will make you a witness. And in Acts 2.4, we see that speaking in other tongues is the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. So it is. It's not no, kind of. No, it is. And I don't have time to go back and prove to you from the scripture that it is, but it is the initial evidence. 
Now listen to me. I'm assuming everybody in here is born again, and if you're not born again, you need to first be born again, and you, you need, you, or you're away from God, you need to come back to the Lord. But I believe I'm talking to mostly, because uh, I talked to you about different kinds of services. This is mostly a believer's meeting at Cornerstone Word of Life Church where everybody in the room is saved. Is everybody saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you at least saved? Are you sanctified? Hallelujah. Are you ready to understand this even more? Because um, if Jesus said that believers would speak with other tongues, if he said don't leave Jerusalem telling the early church without this power, so what is this? So the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a power. Jesus said out of your belly will flow, out of your, your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. One of the things about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is there are many benefits for you, but it causes you to be a witness and it's for everybody else. And it is the doorway it is the doorway in the New Testament. It is the doorway to the manifestations of the nine gifts. And, it's, and, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very important. Why? Because Jesus is the baptizer. And he's right, and he is standing ready to baptize you, to uh, fill you again. And the thing about uh, uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost is there is one initial filling, but there are many refillings. One of the things the Lord told me 30 years ago when I started this church, he said it's going to be like a filling station. That's why we have saturation meetings around here. But you don't have to wait till the first Sunday night of every month. You can get filled all the time. Hallelujah. And filled with the word, filled with his spirit, and gathered together. Are you all good? You ready to go? So let me remind you why we're talking about this. Because it seems to me to be a Holy Ghost church, the majority of the people have to be filled with the Holy Ghost and have a revelation of the benefits of praying in other tongues. Now I'm going to use these words, and because I've done this so long and I wish I hadn't learned it this way, but a lot of times I use the word praying and speaking in other tongues interchangeably. And really what I've found out over the last few years, it is it's confusing to people because there's, there's different things. So uh, we looked at this a little bit and may look at it again. I, I, and I, last week after I taught about this, um, so a lot of the first timers came back and I had all, almost all of them said to me, I've never heard it taught that way. That cleared up some things for me. Thank you very much. Because, see, a lot of times if you've been around, uh, uh, I call it charismania, where there's a lot of stuff but no teaching, it brings confusion. And a lot of us are really smart in the room. I, I think, I'm looking around, yeah, these sections over here look really smart. Uh, we're all really smart in the room. And so sometimes when it gets a little weird, we pull away. I said sometimes when it looks a little weird, we pull away. But there's nothing weird about the Word of God. Just because it's supernatural and it's because you can't always explain it with your mind, as long as you can explain it with the word, it's okay. And, and so there's a lot of, see, when you initially get filled with the Holy Ghost, you pray in other tongues. And then if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and especially 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he distinguishes and interchanges, because remember I said this to you. I know we're doing a whole lot of review. Remember I said this to you. I said, uh, uh, number one, I wouldn't, um, if I had something major in my life, I always use brain surgery. I don't know why. Uh, I'm not ever going to have any. Hallelujah. But brain surgery, I wouldn't go to someone who's never done one before and is very excited about me being there first. (laughs) 
And whether you all want to do it or not, you know, some people say, well, I'm a spirit-filled brain surgeon, and, and I've never done this, but I'm, I can pray in tongues. <laughs> I want somebody who knows what they're doing. And in the same way, why would you get your teaching on tongues and the things of the Spirit from somebody who doesn't even believe in it, who's never done it before? The reason God used Paul and not Peter, the reason God used Paul and not John Because Paul boldly said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. That's number one. Number two, the Corinthian church were the, I mean, there's Ephesians, there's Colossians, there's the Philippian church, there's there's the church of Laodicea, there's all these churches, the seven churches. And why does he choose the Corinthian church? Because they are tongue talkers. They are tongue prayers, and that's their problem was they were getting their tongue praying and their tongue talking messed up. So God sent the apostle Paul, kind of the father over the church, to straighten some things out. And that's where 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, because obviously then people didn't know how to walk in love very well. And 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that's why it's there. And so we can learn something from that. And so there's praying in tongues, there's giving a message in tongues, and in chapter 14, he goes back and forth. And so really to be strong in this, you have to have clarity of that. And so if hopefully we'll get a little more today, because I want you to understand, because sometimes people say, well, why do you all do this? That's wrong. You need that interpreted. Uh, I'll just bring it up. We're here. People say, Your, our prayer meetings, a lot of times when you come to our corporate prayer meetings, there's a lot of praying in tongues. And people's like, nope, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. You can't do that. That needs to be interpreted. It doesn't need to be interpreted. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't get there until we go here. So let's go, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 4. It will clear you up, and then we're going to talk about the benefits of you praying in other tongues. Because some of you, if you're reticent, if you're, if you're not strong in this, it holds you back. And it holds you back from uh, flowing with the Holy Ghost and getting everything that he has for you. So you've got to clear some of these things up. So um, he said, uh, verse 18, uh, 14, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. Yet in the church. Everybody say, yet in the church. Now, see, people take that as, oh, but listen to what he said. I'd rather speak five words of my understanding at, that, that by my voice I might do what? So in the church that I might teach. Everybody say teach. Then 10,000 words. So he's talking about, like me right now, getting up in front of you. If I start rattling off in other tongues, it would be out of order without an interpretation. He's talking about teaching. He's not talking about praying. Because over here, um, Verse 6, now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall it profit you except I speak to you by? So he's like, okay, now listen, y'all, you, you, when you get together, we can't tell where the service is, where the prayer is, when people are coming in. Because you're always all talking in tongues all the time because it's so cool. And you really like it, and I really like it, and it really is a benefit because they've discovered all the benefits. But every time they get together, I think they had a who can talk in more tongues thing. And so he's just putting it in order. So he's saying, now when I come to you to preach, this is how I come to you. I'm going to come to you with a revelation. 
I'm going to come to you with something the Lord's given me from the word, something that's come from the Spirit of God, and I'm going to speak it to you. I'm going to come by knowledge. What is knowledge? Something that God has taught me, something that he has seen. He's going to bring knowledge to you. And then he said, or by prophesying. Why prophesy? Or it's tongues and interpretation. Why is prophesying? Because that's in your known language, and you can get something out of it. Or, I like this one. It's one of my favorite. Or by doctrine. So if I'm up speaking, I'm not going to get up here and rattle a bunch of tongues off. I'm going to do it in a known language, and I'm going to give you a revelation. I'm going to give you a a prophecy that's something you can understand, an edification, exhortation, or comfort. I'm going to bring to you doctrine. I'm going to bring something that I know, all right? Hallelujah. So then he also says, uh, verse 26, and this is, so he's cleaning up some stuff. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? Every one of you can have a psalm, a a hymn. You know, the Bible says to speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's not something you get out of a songbook. That's not something you get up off the screen. That's something that comes up out of your heart. And you ought to be able to do that amongst yourself. That's kind of something that's been lost over the years. But the Bible says speak to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Then in Colossians, it says speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You can't speak to one another unless you've ever spoken to yourself. Because we're all not practice. You get that good in your private time. But can you see he says this? Hallelujah. Everyone, when you come together, uh, everyone who has a psalm has a doctrine. In other words, if someone else is going to get up and speak, they're not going to get up and just rattle in tongues. What they're going to do is when you get up, you better have a psalm. You better have a doctrine, a tongue. And it says an interpretation. Again, a revelation. Let these things be done to edifying. So listen to me. There's a difference between speaking in tongues. It requires an interpretation. But if I'm going to pray, who am I talking to? Am I talking to you? And that's the problem with a lot of modern day prayer meetings. I said it. They pray to talk to one another. Now, don't get mad at me because I know the, the thing and I, and I know the world. But, you know, they're saying stuff like, don't send me your prayers. Well, prayers were never meant to be sent. What you ought to say to someone is, this is what I prayed over you. This is what I'm expecting from you. And even in our circles, you say, pray for me. And we're like, oh, yeah, I got you. I pray for you. And do you ever pray? It's not a thing. Prayer is a real deal. And prayer, you talk to who? So when I'm praying, I ain't talking to you. So that means I can pray in tongues. And I don't need to interpret it. So figure that, get that clear in you. Because I know a lot of you have been taught, no, that's wrong. It's not wrong. You've got to understand what he's talking about, who he's talking to, so that you can get the thing. Because wouldn't the devil love to shut you down from coming to corporate prayer and adding your supply of the Spirit? Is there anything wrong with playing in, praying in English or Spanish or French or Chinese? No. You ought to pray the word. But there, I already got to some of these things. But there comes some times when you, you don't know what you ought to pray for. And you've done everything you know. And then thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the ability to pray in other tongues. Why would you not want this benefit? Why would you not want this blessing? For, it's always been necessary. Jesus said it was necessary, and there are many benefits. I hope that clears some things up for some of you. Because, and it needs to be taught more because there was a season where if it's not done right, it can get messy. And then we as 
thinking people. How many know God said, renew your mind, not remove it? We renew our minds, and then we see something, and we're not like, ugh. And then we feel like, ugh. And then you pull away from, ugh. But God doesn't want you to pull away. The devil wants you to pull away. So everybody say, by faith, I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than y'all. But you see what? But in the church. So in a setting like this, what should there be? There should be doctrine. There should be revelation. There should be knowledge. If there's a tongue, it needs to be interpreted. If it's prophecy, it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. And all things should be decently and in order. And it doesn't have to be chaotic. I don't have time to get into it. Come to my Holy Ghost class uh, in Bible Institute. But, you know, everybody says, well, you know, they do something and they interrupt the service or whatever. And, and they all, they'll say stuff like, well, I just had to. No, you didn't. That's a lie. Because the Bible says the, if it, it's true for a prophet, it's true for all of us. He said the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, you can hold it and the Holy Ghost would never interrupt the Holy Ghost. So either what's going on up here is not the Holy Ghost and someone feels like they know more Holy Ghost than the person up knows the Holy Ghost. Or they just like chaos. God does not create chaos. And then later on he says... <laughs> Uh, verse 38, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. I think that was Brother Hagin's favorite scripture. Wherefore, brethren, covet, not to pro- covet to prophesy, but don't forbid to speak in other tongues. Let all things be done what? Did you know God likes decent and in order? So what doesn't he like? Chaos and out of order. People drawing attention to themselves. Hallelujah. See, if we know what the word says, what happens? We get more confident. And we know how to cooperate with him. Y'all, I'm still learning. I've been in this a long time. I'm still learning, and I still want to learn. There's more to know about the Holy Ghost. He's very exciting. He's very exciting. And he's not not, um, uh, ho-hum, drum, whatever. He's not the same all the time. There's different ways he manifests. There's different things he does. And I have my favorite sides of him. I'm sure he has his favorite sides of me too. But anyway, uh, I have my favorite sides of him. But I don't get to tell him how he does it, when he does it. I just yield to him when he does it. Amen. Let's remind us of some things and we got to hurry up. Number one, tongue, why, why tongues? Why do we pray in tongues? Why did the Lord do this way? Number one, it's the initial sign of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Number two, according to 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it's for spiritual edification. It builds you up. Number three, for me, uh, tongues uh, reminds me of the Spirit of God's indwelling presence. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says this uh, in the Amplified Classic. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 in the Amplified Classic says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me. Everybody say, by the Holy Ghost. So when I'm praying in other tongues, it's a reminder to me because the utterance comes from the Holy Ghost. He's the one who gave you the initial utterance, and he's the one that always gives you the utterance. It reminds me God lives in me. And when I know God lives in me, what do I know? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Listen to me. When I pray in tongues, that's something supernatural. That's not something you do out of your brain. And every time you do it, and some of you have been doing it like me for a very long time and a lot for a long time, sometimes you need to just stop and go, wow. And spelled backwards, that's wow. 
That's God. That's God. That's God. God, the Almighty. He lives in me. He's in me. He just caused me to do that. He helped me to do that. That's God. So it reminds you God lives in you. The Old Testament saints are going to be lined up to talk to you. To see what it was like for God to live in you while you were on the earth. None of them experienced that. We have it. We have it. God came on them. He lives in us and comes on us. He, he's, he, his power, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. One of the things I like about praying in other tongues is when I pray in other tongues, according to Romans, 28, Romans 8, 26 and 27, I pray out the perfect will of God. He says, uh, he says um, verse 27, and he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Everybody say, according to the will of God. Well, what's the will of God? Well, the will of God is the word of God. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, I believe that you're most perfectly praying out the word of God without your interpretation. I believe you're praying out the because he's the Holy Ghost. What did he do? He inspired holy men of old to write this word. And so when the Holy Ghost is praying, he's not going to have you praying about silly. He's not, he's not off topic. He's going to be praying the word of God in you. Are you with me? You understand that? It's very important for you to believe that, that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying out the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Number five, Jude 20 says, praying in the Holy Ghost does what? It, it, you build upon or it stimulates your, your faith. Now listen to me. How does faith come? Not a trick question. How does faith come? By hearing and what? Hearing by a ram of Christos or hearing the word of God. Praying in tongues will not give you faith. There's no other way to get faith but by hearing the word. And so I've, had, I've, I've seen a lot of friends or a lot of people, they'll tell people when someone's having trouble with something and they're having trouble believing or they're having trouble getting something, uh, that their faith's not getting, they'll just say, well, pray in tongues. That's not the solution to that problem. The Bible doesn't say pray in tongues and you'll get faith. It says pray in tongues and it will build upon what you already believe. So in other words, if you believe by the stripes of Jesus you're healed, and you, you, you confess that and you believe that. And then you would start to pray in tongues about that. As you're praying in other tongues, the Lord may give you some instructions. He may tell you what to do. Faith has a corresponding action. He may tell you that sick people don't sit in a recliner. He may tell you sick people, sick people get up and, and, and uh, wash the car. I've had him do stuff like that to me. I believe in something. And then, he, then I'll pray in tongues. He'll say, well, he'll say, do this then. Praying in tongues builds upon your most holy faith. It doesn't give you faith. Does everybody see the difference in that? It builds upon. And when you pray in tongues over something you believe, you really are, you're rare and ready to go. I told, the, I, told uh, I, I gave an example of it last week, but I'm just telling you, if you don't believe something or that something is not who you are, praying in tongues won't do it. It's just kind of like this. It's like fasting. I believe you ought to fast. I believe you, I fast as the Spirit of God leads. Fasting does what? It puts your body under. Fasting doesn't twist the arm of God to make him do something for you because you've done something. Your faith is the only thing that, that and your faith doesn't even move God. Oh, I'm getting off. But your faith doesn't even move God. He doesn't need to be moved. 
Your faith receives from God. And you pray, you, you uh, fasting doesn't move God. Lord, I fasted five days. I didn't have a steak from Kroger's um, since five days. <laughs> Ribeye. And you need to look to see how much fat is in it. And so anyway, you have to, I got to help that child. Anyway, so, um, but, but listen, my fasting doesn't move God. It puts, my, it puts my flesh under so I can hear from God. It's just putting your flesh under. I know, I know there's a lot of books on fasting. That's not what they say. But back it up with the word. Fasting doesn't move God. He doesn't need to be moved. He's already moved. And neither does pray it in tongues. I prayed in tongues three hours, Lord, and I'll do it. And I know you wouldn't say that out loud, but that's what some people think it is. I did something, now you do something. No. <laughs> he did something, now I'm going to receive something. I pray in tongues, it builds me up, but it builds upon my most holy faith what I believe. Woo! I want to give you this insight. Um, nobody taught me to do this, but when I first got filled with the Holy Ghost, I used to read a chapter in the Bible, especially the New Testament or the epistles, and then I'd just reread it with my eyes, and in my, on the inside, or if I was by myself, I'd pray in tongues. I just always felt, I felt prompted to do that. But you know what? It just comes alive. All right. Hallelujah. Number six. Um, we talked about 1 Corinthians 14, 28. It says, uh, let him speak to himself and God. So I talked to you, and this is where we left off. Ooh, that was a long review. Where we left off was, um, you know, you can pray in the Holy Ghost in yourself. So if you're, if you're driving and there are people in the car who don't pray in other tongues, you can still pray in other tongues because uh, you can do it on the inside. And I think sometimes people forget this, that if you come from a certain church where the only time you prayed in tongues was when the Holy Ghost was really moving and you got the Holy Ghost doodads and, you know, and you got the, you know, uh, you know sister had the shakes and, and all that, that's when you pray in tongues. That, that's, not the, that's not the only time you pray in tongues. Go ahead and join in there. But you can, after you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you can pray in tongues anytime you want. Matter of fact, when I get people filled with the Holy Ghost, and they, especially if they're really excited, I tell them to stop. And they look at me like, wait, I was having some time with God there. What are you doing? Stop. Wait just a few minutes. I'm like, now pray again. I want to show them that now that you're filled, you can pray in tongues anytime you want. Now, I told you this. Now, I don't know if the best time to pray in tongues is if you're in line at Walmart and you're believing God, everybody will hurry up and you start talking in tongues, praying in tongues. I don't think that's appropriate. Or you're at work and you have, you know, uh, everybody's being feisty and nasty and you stand up and say, I just feel like I want to pray. And you go, blah, 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 blah. I don't think that's appropriate. I don't. But if you're having one of those mess and you need help, you can always pray on the inside. I said you can pray on the inside. It's so good that you can speak to God and speak to yourself. And it's such a, a, a great, I've had at times stuff going on like crazy stuff and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost on the inside and begin to get direction of what to do about this crazy situation. Peace of God come over me. My mind going nuts, but my, my spirit man grabs a hold of something and I know what to do or I know how to do or I know what to say in this situation. Thank God for the ability to speak to God. 
praying in tongues, verse number, verse 7, no, number 7, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. It's one of my favorite ones, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. two for he that speaketh, or I, I, would, I wish they would have put this, for he that prays in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks what? Mysteries. And so I've told you this time and time again. What, what's a good thing? When, when, when God said there's a mystery, he wants to solve it. When you, when, you, when you pray in an unknown tongue, you speak mysteries. You speak mysteries. And how be it in the spirit, you speak mysteries. So there's things you don't know. John 16, 13 said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he'll guide you in all truth. He'll not speak of himself, but he'll show. The Amplified Classic says, declare, disclose, and transmit things to you that are to come. There's things in your future that are a mystery. We live in a very wild interesting time called the last days and there are things going to be going on all around us wars and rumors of wars famine earthquake pestilence all kinds of stuff you can't change that you can't Jesus said it was going to happen but you don't have to be in the middle of a war you don't have to partake in pestilence you don't have to be where an earthquake's going to be he can lead you and protect you and guide you. He can show you things to come. How do you do that? Well, you don't need a prophet to tell you things to come because the Spirit of God, lit, thank God for prophets, thank God for words of wisdom, thank God for that, and we, we thank God for that. But you can live a life where you don't have to be surprised. You can know things to come. What is one of those things? 1 Corinthians 14 2. You can pray out mysteries. Because the future is a mystery. Or you can pray out things, I don't know what to do in this situation. I've spoken the word, I've prayed the word, I believe the word. Lord, this is a mystery to me. I don't know how to solve this problem. You can begin to pray in other tongues. And when you do that, yeah. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14. Let's go back there. Let's look at verse um, 13. Wherefore, let him, again, I think pray is a better word there. Let him that prays in an unknown tongue, because it says pray that he may interpret. So I believe, so this is talking about people who, anybody pray in tongues around here? Anybody pray in tongues around here? So what's the thing you could do? So see, people look at that and say, well, if God doesn't answer this prayer that you would interpret in a service, this is not talking about public speaking. He's going back and forth between your private prayer time and public speaking, given an, an utterance in diverse tongues that needs to be interpreted. So here he's talking about your prayer time. Let him that pray in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. What's he talking about? Praying. Everybody say pray. pray. Do you pray in other tongues? You should pray in other tongues. You be filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to pray in other tongues. It says my understanding is unfruitful. So if I'm praying in other tongues, I, I know I'm getting somewhere in here, but sometimes I need to know what to do. So I need to know, I need to go from here to here. You know, I hear people say, and I get what they're saying, you know, you need to get it from here down into here. But I've always believed the reverse. You got to get it from here to here. The word, you got to get it from here to here. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you need to get some understanding from here to here. Because in my heart, I can even do this with people. When they're praying in other tongues, I know they're praying about something that I, that I pray about because I'll find myself going, yeah, that's right. 
I'll find myself agreeing with them even though I don't understand what they're saying. But I know it's what I've been dealing with or something I've been praying. I just know it. I just know it. But what can I do? I pray, and if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray in the spirit. I will pray with the understanding. Now, a lot of times people separate that, and they say, well, I'm going to go back to praying in English out of my mind. That's not what it's talking about. Because then it goes on to, I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Y'all, you, you may not get this a whole lot of places on a Sunday morning, but if you get this, it will change your life. This is worth you combing your hair and brushing your teeth this morning. Putting on your good clothes. We're putting on clothes. Hallelujah. If I pray in tongues, y'all pray in tongues? I mean, you know, we're, we, ought to, we ought to kick it up. We ought to kick it up. There's some things out there we don't know what's coming, but we can know what's coming. We don't have to be surprised. Not in our personal life, not in things going around. You just need to be in tune. Just because the majority is going one way doesn't mean you got to go with them. You can know what to do. And so how do I know? If I pray in an unknown tongue, I pray that I would interpret. In other words, I use my faith because the Holy Ghost says I can do this. I can have this. This is not a special gift. This is not for someone who gets up, who gives a message in tongues and interprets. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost for 60 years and God never used you in a tongue and interpretation. Doesn't mean you're less than. Doesn't mean you're not loved. Doesn't mean anything except for just God did not choose to use you that way. And just be okay with it. But in your private life. Because you speak in tongues, because you pray in tongues. Ask the Lord, Lord, it says in your word. So I, what, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. I see that you say I can interpret. And if you see, if someone's told you that's not for everybody, that's not for you, then they're not rightly discerning the scriptures. They didn't take the time to go back and forth with Paul when he's talking about public and private, he's talking about private because he's talking about praying. This will change your life. See, I got a hold of this before somebody told me I couldn't. I think my help was I got filled with the Holy Ghost singing. I, my first time I really, well, this, it counted, I guess. The first time, you know, you all heard, most of you heard the story, you know, I was backslidden. I went to this woman preacher's meeting, didn't know she shouldn't preach because she was a woman. And then I figured out later that it was okay, even though some people didn't think it was okay. But it's really okay because I have a woman preacher and she's got a book she's writing on. Anyway, so, um, but anyway, so I was in my cowboy boots and my turquoise belt buckle. I left my cowboy hat at home going through the urban cowboy stage. Anyway, and so I, the power of God came on and I began to shake. And, and I do remember going, T T T T T T T. I didn't know if I was having jam and bread or what was going on. I didn't know anything going on. I just, I remember the T-T-T-T-T-T-T and that's all I could do and there was really nobody there to help me because they didn't know what was going on. And, and so anyway, that's kind of it. And then I heard other people praying in tongues and I was like, God, I want to pray like them. And that's all I prayed. I didn't know, nobody showed me in the word. That's why I take time and show you. Because I was frustrated for months. Why wouldn't just somebody teach me? It was right there. And they all did it. But they didn't know how to get anybody else filled. Just if it happens, it happens. But you can on purpose get filled with the Holy Ghost. Just like on purpose you got saved. And so um, 
So finally one day, I just, I mean, I think out of my frustration, I was just singing to the Lord and suddenly it turned into other tongues. I remember I tell the story a lot because I remember I was so excited. And I turned to everybody around me and I'm like, I just sang in tongues. And I remember this one lady who I don't know liked me very much, but she said, yeah, <laughs> like we all do that. No, I mean, and so, so because that's how I got filled, I was just really given to that. Still am. But I just did this. I read this one day, and I tell this story, but this is how it worked for me. You've got to get with, if this, is a, if this is a benefit and this is a blessing, shouldn't you be doing it? Could you, could you like to know, would you like to know some future? Would you like to know what's coming? Would you like to quit being surprised? Would, would you like to know how to navigate your life? Then this is just a good way. See, this is the way. Why does the devil fight so hard to keep believers from praying in other tongues? Because he knows the power of it. Number, number one, he can't understand what you're talking about. And that really irritates the, I'm going to use fire. Uh, he's going to learn a lot about fire. But it, it irritates him. And it irritates him that you, an imperfect person, can pray the perfect will of God. And it irritates him that he's got these things planned for you. And the Holy Ghost in one second can undo them all. Don't do this, do this. Don't talk to them, talk to them. Don't go this way, go this way. And he's been months and years setting up, woo, setting up plots and plans for you. And in one moment, the Holy Ghost can undo them all. <laughs> How? By you believing what the word says, I will sing in the spirit, I will sing in my understanding. So it's not going to back to mental, it's coming up from your heart in your known tongue, whether that's English or Spanish or French or Chinese. Do you know the Lord knows them all? And suddenly something comes up, just like that, where the tongues is, something known comes up. It is for you. And you can believe for that. And you should expect that. I expect it when I pray. That's what happens. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to do something wrong. Well, number one, don't be afraid. Number two, if you make a mistake, the Holy Ghost is not a sledgehammer and he won't beat you. And people around you ought not be a sledgehammer and beat you. He'll teach you. Have we all made mistakes? Well, yeah, we're imperfect. He's perfect. We, people are imperfect. But you keep believing and keep exercising your faith, and you will be able to pray out what you have prayed in tongues. It's not word for word. It's different. Like when I give a message in tongues, especially when I give the message, I know that I'm almost interpreting word for word. But when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I get just words, sometimes phrases. Uh, it's never, it doesn't seem like paragraphs or novels. It's, like, it's just like the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. Sometimes words will come up, and you'll, and you'll understand what you're even praying about. 
And it's so important. Pastor Rhonda, when I, we go away, we're so blessed. Uh, we, we get to go away and pray in different places. And we spend hours every day praying out things. That's how a lot of things get done here at Cornerstone. Not because we have a good idea, not because we went to a conference, and not because we're copying what somebody else is going to do. We hear from the Lord, and he tells us what to do, and that's why it will work here. You know, I joke with all these ministers that are asking me questions. How did you do this, and how did this happen? And I was like, I prayed. We prayed. We heard. We did. My, my ministers' conferences would be very short. Because a lot of people want to go somewhere and copy something. Copying anyone in their walk with God is not going to get you very far. You have to have your own relationship. We're, at Cornerstone, we're raising up a generation from infants to adults to know him. You need to know him for yourself. You need to know him. And then you can make him known. Amen. Woo, glory to God. Isaiah 28. Praying in tongues will just refresh you. Isaiah 28, 11 through 12, with stammering lips in another tongue will he speak to the people to whom he said, this is the rest and the refreshing. Those people wouldn't hear, but he said, this is what's coming. So what does praying the Holy Ghost do? It'll refresh you. It's like taking a nice shower in a icky, dirty world. Praying in tongues will refresh you. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 Verses 15 through 17. Praying in tongues number nine. It just helps you give thanks to God. I think this is the thing for me. Um, and probably why I got filled with the Holy Ghost praying in other tongues. Man, when God changed my life. I was a mess. Didn't really want to live. Had everything but had nothing. Going up the corporate ladder but falling in my own life. Didn't really care about I was just a mess. And when I got, came back to the Lord and experienced the power of God, and my life was changed overnight, I had such peace that I had never had in my entire life. Such peace. I used to have to, wherever I was, I had to have noise. Could never be left alone with my own thoughts. Because they weren't good. I had to have a TV on. I had to have a radio on. I had to have it blaring. A lot of times I even studied when I was in school with, another, with noise. It's just weird. I could not be in silence. But then God changed my life. And I could sit all by myself with just God. And the peace that I experienced was incredible. That's why scripture comes alive to me. Jesus said, my peace I leave you. I experienced it. And so I was so grateful for what he'd done. I began just all the time, thank you, Lord. You're so good. You're awesome. You're mighty. You're wonderful. And, you know, in English, we have, you know, we have good words. But I would tell him, you're wonderful, you're awesome, you're my... And I would do that for, for you know, quite some time because I'm trying to tell him out of my heart how grateful I am. And this one day I got frustrated and I said, Lord, there's got to be another way I can tell you how amazing you are. And he led me to this. And I think is what really kind of instigated it. 
What is it then? I pray in the spirit, I pray at the understanding. So sing, we already went through that. But Acts chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. At the end of it, it says they were, verse, verse 11 says they were telling the mighty works of God. They heard them speaking in diverse tongues. They heard them speaking in a known language that was theirs. God did that for them. But they heard them telling the mighty works of God. In Acts chapter 10, verses 45 and 46, praying in other tongues, when the Ephesians, those men, the group of Ephesians got filled, at the very end, if you look at the Amplified Classic, it says they heard them extolling and magnifying God. So for me... One of the things, if you ever pray with me and I really get into a deep place of worship, one of the things I'll do is I'll say in English, you are, and then I'll say something in tongues. And then I'll say, you are, and I'll say something in tongues. Because it's above what my English language knows because God is bigger than my English language. My English language is limited. Praying in other tongues is unlimited. So I can really tell him and it satisfies my heart. You are. I'll, just something will come up out of my heart. And sometimes, uh, you know, I, I, then I'll go back and forth because it's coming up out of my heart between English and other tongues. But there's just something, praying in other tongues, singing in other tongues, just magnifying God. It will satisfy your born-again spirit. One of these, I like this one. How many know the Bible says in the book of James that your tongue is an unruly <laughs> member? And it says that if you get your, ever get your tongue in order, that um, it shows maturity. And with your tongue, speaking the word of God, you can steer your life. Because it's like a, a bit in a horse's mouth or a rudder, even on a very large ship. One of the things about praying in other tongues is I believe what it will do, it'll make your, it lets your tongue know who's boss in your life. It's very hard to pray in other tongues and then cuss. Probably some people can do it, but you shouldn't. It's very hard to pray in tongues and then start talking doubt and unbelief. Because your, your tongue was just used to declaring the things of God. It's very important this last day. Your tongue steers your life. Your victory is right under your nose. Your victory is right under your nose. I don't know why I'm pointing to my nose. Your victory is right under your nose. It's your mouth, your words. Praying in other tongues reminds your mouth who's in charge of your life. It's so good to pray in other, other tongues. Amen.